I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory about to be revealed to us. For the creation waits with eager longing for the revealing of the children of God. For the creation was subjected to futility, not of its own will, but by the will of the one who subjected it in hope that the creation itself will be set free from its bondage to decay and will obtain the freedom of the glory of the children of God. We know that the whole creation has been groaning in labor pains until now. And not only the creation, but we ourselves who have the first fruits of the Spirit, we groan in what while we wait for adoption, the redemption of our bodies. For in hope we were saved. Now hope that is seen is not hope. For who? For who? Hopes for what is seen. But if we hope, for what we do not see, we wait for it with patience. Okay, we go to back to verse 18. I consider this is what we call the power of perception. What, how things are and how you see them. Which one is more important? You know, some people will say it's how things are, no? <laughs> What you live with is how you see them. And that's why sometimes when you have a lot of problems and they sit down and then analyze the problems and alter perceptions, the problems disappear. The problems disappear. So I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing to the glory about to be revealed to us. In other words, no matter what you're going through, you know, look at it in the context of the glory that is going to be revealed in your life through it and beyond. You know, how God is going to be glorified and how the glory of his grace is going to be revealed. You know, if a man goes through big challenges, you know, deprivations or whatever, you know, and he comes on top, we take great testimonies of God's faithfulness and God's goodness. So you see, now, that, great, that great testimony of God's faithfulness is not... In fact, in fact, we have a saying in Imboland that when a child's wound heals, he forgets, always forgets how painful it was. So the memory of the, of the challenge diminishes considerably. You know, when the glory is revealed, when the purposes of God is manifested, when the kingdom of God is shown in its power to prevail over circumstances and situations. And this is why, you know, we just have to hold on to God, no matter what is happening. You know, trust in that. The one we serve is the God who sees the past and present and future now. 
And so it's able to guide us through whatever is going on. Now, the other point in it here is that uh, during the fall in the Garden of Eden, even though creation, they were not directly responsible, okay? But they were victims of it as well. In other words, the mortality that followed the fall also affected creation, you know, because man was the uh, quintessence or the zenith of God's creation and was supposed to be in charge of it. And when he fell, everything fell, even though they, were, they, they didn't uh, eat any forbidden apple themselves, but they all fell and, and, and entered into the cycle of death. So what this implies is that uh, if man had not fallen, then his world, as, as, he, as he attained eternity by eating the fruit of the tree of life in the Garden of Eden, the creation will also attain immortality within. So, creation waits with eager longing for the revealing of the children of God. Why are they waiting? Because it is in the revealing of the children of God that their own uh, uh, subjection to mortality also is really is wiped out. But this can be taken in the context of eternity. It can also be taken in the context of time. That uh, you and I are supposed to manifest. We are supposed to show forth that the kingdom of God is truly righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. We are supposed to show it. That should be our testimony. That the kingdom of God is righteousness, is peace, is joy in the Holy Ghost. So that humanity outside of the kingdom of God will look with envy and, and, and be drawn to come and serve the Lord. When they see the righteousness, when they see the peace, when they see the joy in the Holy Ghost, when they see how we have been made kings and priests and how we exercise great spiritual authority on the earth and how heaven endorses our decrees so that the purposes of God may be established. When they see it, you know, then they are drawn to God and they want to experience the same. And that's why we and I must manifest because creation is waiting for the revealing of the sons of God. Of course, it has a futuristic um, component, the manifestation of the sons of God in time and in eternity. And that manifestation in eternity, the glory cannot be compared with the glory we are talking about on earth because that manifestation is to be fully fully conformed into the image of Christ with all his glory, you know, in all his glory. So to be like him, this is the ultimate. And that's why, although we have not seen it, we hope for it, you know. And that's why the hope of eternal life must be very strong in the heart of every believer. You know that to diminish the, 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 uh, um, power of worldliness 
on the Christian when he has some understanding of life in the hereafter. It's not only people who are old that should think of the hereafter. We should start thinking about the hereafter. Our place, our position in it, whatever age we are, the moment we get a revelation of, of the fact that there's a glory to be revealed. So we should be citizens living for eternity in time so that the powers of eternity can guide us and, and save us and keep us through time. Because that's the only way it can work if the power of eternity enfolds us in time. So he says the creation was subjected to futility. That's the point I was making. Not of its own will, but by the will of the one who subjected it in hope. In other words, all creation were subjected to this mortality, you know, and, and, uh, and, and it was subjected in hope that one day there will be full restoration. And you know, in one of our prayers, we are praying for that restoration at the appearing of our Lord Jesus Christ. Because the Bible says that when he appears, we shall be like him. The moment we see him in his glory, we shall be transformed into his image. So, creation was subjected into this cycle of life and death instead of the endless life of immortality. Creation itself will be set free from its bondage to decay and will obtain the freedom of the glory of the children of God. That is it. That when, when we are glorified, when we are invested with eternity, creation will come along also. Now, that, that tells you that uh, in the kingdom of God on earth, you know, animal life, and all, all creation, they will still be there. But because man, the greatest of the creation, has acquired immortality, creation will also acquire immortality with us. Amen. You know? And so it, it's, it's important to, to have that picture in, in our minds, to guide us, to inspire us, to sustain us through thick and thin. We're not an aimless people living aimlessly on the earth and dying aimlessly on the earth. No, we are a people who are on a journey from earth to heaven. We came from eternity. We have come into time to be conformed into the image of Christ who is the only begotten Son of God Almighty. And having acquired His nature, we return to eternity to live with God but in the nature of Christ. See, nobody lives with God in the nature of man. Ah, that would be so, such a burden to heaven because of purity, because of inner purity, absolute purity. You know, so, so for us to spend that eternity with God, grace transforms us finally into the image of Christ so we can share eternity with God. So, it is not that uh, uh, fallen humanity can live in the presence of a holy God. No. 
it is that fallen humanity will be transformed into the image of Christ so we can share in the holiness of God. That's what Hebrews 12:10 says that he chastises us that we may be partakers of his holiness. You no, know, it's a very important point. You know, God doesn't you know all this talk about grace and sin and the, you, you soon see, you see immediately that there is no place for all that type of talk because we are going to be in the image of the sinless one and we have to start the process here ourselves like John says you know and then when we see him everything will be finalized okay now um Verse 23 then is the last we'll take. And not only the creation, but we ourselves who have the first fruits of the Spirit, we groan inwardly while we wait for adoption, the redemption of our bodies. In other words, the creation, they don't have the advantage that we have. And what is that advantage? The Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit takes us, takes us and empowers us Okay, we have the first fruits of the spirit, but despite having the first fruit of the spirit, we still groan under the pressure. You know, look at the the aging process. You know, you that you used to be very sprightly, and play uh, uh, five, six uh, games of squash. You know, and and come out rest a bit and play and again. You know. Oh, now you dare, you dare not do that, you see. Aya is laughing because Aya, well, it's all a matter of time, Aya. <laughs> so after, after some time, you can't do that anymore. You know, all the joints are creaking, you know. So, 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 uh, we, even though we have the first fruit of the spirits, we still age, you know. We still age. So we're waiting for that time when uh, we are perfected in his image. Then there is no more aging. There's no more aging. Amen. You know, you remain the same, you know, in eternity with God. And, and this is really what it's all about. That, uh, and that's why the, the John says, if you have this type of hope in you, start to purify yourself now because you are going to be pure like him. So don't, don't, don't come there with too much mess. You know, clean up as much as you can before you, you and I get there. That's the whole point. Amen. Amen.